Hello ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Behind the Brain Podcast and today's guest is Dr. Mike. So Dr. Mike is a friend and an old client of mine. What's great about Dr. Mike is he talks about some of the experiences of being overweight when he's younger, but some of the better stuff is how he's overcome that and how he fitness is really incorporated into his lifestyle now. So without further ado, enjoy. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Brain Book Podcast. And today we have Dr. Michael Banner on the show. Hey, Mike. Hello, James. How are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's exactly how you. Hello, Instagram. How are you? You're so good at saying that, aren't you? You're so used to doing this now. I was just being polite. Yeah, I know. Do you say that to every patient that walks in the door? What? How are you? I am fine. No, no, no don't, don't leave the I am fine bit. Do you ever, do you just address them by their first name or the second name and say that? No, like I generally, um, I don't think how are you is generally a great opener for a doctor to ask a patient. Only for the simple reason that it just is a bit like, I usually say like, how, you know, how can I help? Yeah, or, I suppose. Yeah, because like, then they're not there for anything good usually, are they? Well, I mean, sometimes they they are there for like that's the the benefit of general practice is sometimes you know you're seeing people for things like baby checks and stuff like that, which is great, um, mm. or just routine checkups. So it's not all you know, it's not all doom and gloom at all. But saying how are you, I think is a slight it's a slightly confusing opener because people's general response to that is I'm yeah, I'm you... all right. How are you? You know, <laughs> like whereas actually that's not really what you're asking them. But I suppose it's different. You say different things to different people, I guess. Yes. So we're going to start today as obviously in the early years of your life, my friend. Um, uh, and I want to obviously want to start at school. Um, I don't know what age you like to start at, but obviously we spoke briefly before the podcast and you were saying that you uh, was a little bit overweight at school. How was that for you? <laughs> <laughs> Straight in there. Um yeah, I mean, I guess like I grew up relatively uninterested in physical activity and well, completely uninterested in physical activity and nutrition. Um, so I was uh, a bit overweight at school. Um, it's funny because kind of looking back when I see pictures of myself as a kid, I wasn't really overweight, mm. um, but I used to get called overweight quite a lot. And I think you sort of adopt you adopt that sort of persona when you're a kid and you get sort of made fun of for things. Um, and I honestly think that with kids, you either get made fun of or you don't, but most people do. And it doesn't really matter what it's about. Um, There's always um, a hole that someone will attack you on. There's something that isn't there, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I was never particularly self-conscious about it, I don't think. Um, but it was something that I probably didn't want to carry on with. But I, I wasn't that bothered. I, like I had a very specific agenda at school and that was to do excellent things like with my work and so stuff like sporting ability mm -hmm. and ability and other sort of more practical subjects was not really valued in my world mm -hmm. um so it was something that I was quite happy to be rubbish at it sort of almost allowed a little niche of rebellion for me because I was allowed to get away with not being particularly good at PE but I wasn't allowed to get away with not being good at maths so it was kind of like made me feel a little bit of a badass <laughs> did that stem about sorry did that was that 
from your parents then essentially yeah. like yeah okay Does yeah they... like generally from a like family slash cultural uh point of view but also i guess from my teachers in a way like i think i think one of the problems with physical activity at school or at least with you know i can't comment generally but from the mm. schools that i went to is that if you weren't particularly like gifted um at sport you weren't really pushed to try and like be good at anything you yeah. would or, or to even try particularly you your like your mediocrity was just accepted which was a bit of a you know a bit of a shame really um but I didn't really ever feel like anyone cared if I was any good at this stuff or if I bothered to join in so I just didn't really bother I suppose it's what's interesting about that how you sort of felt that experience is where you all have loads of other people who are sporty have the same experience with say the more educational stuff isn't absolutely it? yeah exactly but i didn't get to experience i would not get to experience i mean i didn't experience that because like i was always if there was stuff at school that i wasn't pushed at from teachers i was pushed at it from my parents so it wasn't even necessarily like they didn't care about the other stuff but they didn't push me at it i guess it's interesting what were your interests so you said obviously earlier that you wasn't into activity at all so what what were your interests uh like music computer games i knew it'd be music would be the TV. first one i knew that yeah 100 percent. like since i was about sort of five or six i really loved music and like like and it's weird because i never particularly got into playing music like i tried like I, I i had instruments and stuff and had like music lessons but i never was any good at that either but it was more like the listening to it like i would obsessively like Mm. buy music and want to buy music and tape the charts off the radio and like just really? sit in i just sit and just listen to music all the time top of the pops on a friday have, like, my walkman on like, every gen every time i was in the car i like, had headphones on like family like thinking back like even family events and stuff i'd just be sitting in the corner like with my headphones on wow and now it. yeah now it's like now it's gone a di in a different way where i suppose kids are like that on the phones aren't they and they're watching yeah. stuff yeah that's yeah. quite interesting how that's actually not much has changed probably it's just a different type of technology antisocial behavior yeah. <laughs> yeah what um so what was PE like for you at school um I mean I didn't look forward to it mm. I didn't enjoy it um I didn't enjoy exercise and I also didn't enjoy being rubbish at stuff Mm. um so it was a bit rubbish and also uh, and I don't really mind saying this I did, didn't have very nice teachers yeah. for PE and I'm sure I feel bad for teachers when I say that yeah but I love teachers I think they're great for the most part um but I was just unfortunate enough to have a few uh quite unpleasant PE teachers just probably un uninterested because you were sort of uninterested but actually when you look when you look at that relationship it's actually their their job to accommodate you and actually try to get you come on Mike like let you know get you involved in something yeah and it may just be my memory of it that I don't recall them trying that and perhaps they tried incredibly hard but I was just completely resistant to it I don't know but I suspect from my knowledge of some of the other stories that I remember of stuff that happened that that wasn't really the case like I mean I remember stuff like I remember one day deciding that I really wanted to try harder at something. So I was like, I'm going to join like a sport club. And I joined, went to join the table tennis club. And like, I queued up with my 50p to join the table tennis club. 
and got to the front of the queue and the teacher was like what are you doing and I was like I want to join the table tennis club and he was like mm, didn't even give you the else. try he goes let's see who else wants to join first and then if there's still spaces after that then you can join and I was like oh fine I won't bother then yeah that's absolutely horrible to be fair isn't it yeah like it, it's yeah. just that sort of, it's that sort of behavior it's like you know we went on a um, school trip to to Guernsey and I remember like a day when we'd, we'd gone to the beach and I was like first in the water because like, I absolutely loved swimming not the actual swimming of it I just loved being in the water and like the water yeah. was freezing but I didn't care because I just loved doing it and I remember the teacher saying to me at the end of the day oh I thought you were going to be a real nuisance and spend all day complaining today but actually you've been okay it's like all these little digs that yeah. kind of people would would make that would just make you go oh. like you sort of almost feel like even when you are trying hard they're still finding a way to make you seem like yeah it's very unnecessary that as well yeah. like there's just no need to see say that especially to you like maybe to especially the other to teachers like nine-year-old <laughs> like do you know what i mean like i was nine years old it's not it's not like i was hugely cognizant of my abilities or lack thereof but whatever do you i'm think... not bitter or anything like you know <laughs> still whinging about it decades later um do you feel that's probably one of the reasons why you like to go for a c-dip and you do that quite often now don't you yeah like I've I've always loved like the water massively um I just don't really like swimming fair enough because it's really like... difficult <laughs> yeah if yeah like that's the hardest thing uh, yeah. yeah like my bones are made out of lead mate honestly when I get in the water <laughs> exactly. I'm just like sinking breathing yeah. panting fatiguing yeah. using muscles I've never used before <gasps> yeah which is kind of silly because of my old job um Okay, so you're at school and you've you've obviously had good experiences through getting a good education that have been pushed by your parents and stuff. And I imagine you got pushed quite well by your teachers. Obviously, you're the right teachers because you're obviously showing like good signs of, you know, trying to push yourself. Where, what happened to that? Where did you go to college after that school? I stayed so my school had a sixth form so I stayed okay. at my school that I was at for sixth form my secondary school um, and then I went to university after after that in London. What made you think about becoming a doctor? Mm, well my dad was a doctor ah. and so it was kind of all that I knew about yeah I sort of considered other path pathways I didn't really like, like what I thought I might do law. I wanted to do something like clever, yeah. Um, that would be like a decent, like living and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I thought about law, and then I just kind of thought, well, you know, I don't really know what happens if you be a lawyer. Like I know what's on TV, and I know Mm. it's nonsense, but I know what happens if you're a doctor because, like, I live with one. Mm. So it was kind of a bit more of an easy an easy kind of path I guess I was I've always been quite lazy okay so I've always gone with like I've gone with the flow yeah um and so I sort of yeah yeah and that seems ridiculous like that the easiest Mm -hmm. option for me was to become a doctor I think you're being quite hard for yourself though there I think well no like so I did a couple of bits I when we did work experience as teenagers that we had to apply for work experience and I put down all of the record shops, like I wanted to work in a music mm. shop. That's what I wanted to do. And I didn't get the music shop. I got the hospital. 
which I was fuming about. Yeah. But then I did it and I really liked it. And so like I applied for some separate work experience in A&E, like at the beginning of sixth form, because I wanted to kind of, you know, I thought if I do want to do medicine, I kind of need to put that on my, you know, on my application form. But also I wanted to know if I liked it. And I just really liked it. I just liked mm. being in that environment. I liked speaking to people. I mean, obviously at that stage, you know, as a school kid, I'm not the one that's figuring out what's wrong with them, but I loved that process. Like these, you know, doctors explaining to me what they were doing to try and figure out what was mm. wrong with someone. I was like, this is kind of brilliant. Well, so, so it wasn't like I didn't love it. I just, you know, I didn't really strongly consider other things because I didn't really have a passion for anything apart from working in our price, which then is closed down now. So it's kind of lucky that I didn't in a way. <laughs> Did, did your dad inspire you then? Like when, when you took up? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, did he inspire you? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he was like, oh, he, he's always been a massive inspiration to me because he's like, he's, you know, like obviously I'm massively biased, but he's the best doctor that I know um, mm. and is a really, really wise and kind person. Mm. And so like anything I could do to try and be like 10% of what he is, is like, you know, enough. So, um, yeah. And I think everyone a bit, you know, everyone who hasn't got like a bad dad, yeah, a bit like me, to be like their dad, don't they? <laughs> no, there's always, um, I think for me, my male model, my male role model is my granddad exactly like yeah, exactly. the way you the way you explain your dad is how i view him like his, yeah. his quality traits and it, yeah. i think when you're growing up it's always important to have someone like that mm -hmm. to look up to what what did your mum do she was a nurse oh, okay right yeah is, so that, is that how they met um no not really no okay oh well yeah that is proper in your family then what did your sister do as well She's a doctor. She's yeah, a it, yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. It's like, um, I suppose, like a military family, but better. <laughs> well, I Do don't know. I mean, it's just, it's just what we knew, and it's yeah. what we liked. Um. So yeah. How was uni for you then? Great. Yeah. What uni did you yeah. go to? I went to well. So, at the time I started, it was the Royal Free Hospital was the was the actual medical school, but. Um, at that sort of time in London, a lot of the medical schools were merging with one another. So it's now UCL, basically, and it, they merged. I think we we were the last year of separate intake and they merged, you know, while I was there. So some of the stuff I did was at UCL, some of it was at Royal Free. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it was lovely. Did you have any, um, because obviously now you're quite, you know, you're into fitness a lot more did you have any any drive for that when you were younger no i joined the gym when i was on placement in devon um, and i didn't have a tv so i joined the gym so that i could go and watch eastenders while sitting on an exercise bike that's an amazing story that's an actual true story and i also joined a gym well not joined a gym we had we had access to our university gym mm. And I think I went there two or three times, maybe. Like, I remember, you know, going to TK Maxx and buying, like, you know, gym clothes and, like, going twice and sitting on the cross trainer for, like, half an hour or something. 
and thinking, oh, I could do this, and then just not really doing it again. There's a want to though. There's still there's still something inside you saying do you know you what? Go and do if it. I'm honest, I always really really wanted to be someone who trains and goes to the gym. Okay. And I, a hand on heart, feel like I just thought that wasn't something that people like me did. Yeah, of course. And I really 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 wish that I could go back and smack sixteen year old me and go join a gym. You idiot. Mm. Because it was something I always wanted to do. Like I was always interested in fitness. I was always interested, like always sort of had this secret want to be quote unquote in shape yeah, um, and be stronger. But I didn't think that that was an option for me. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think that even when I started training, like I got a personal trainer and started doing strength training. I didn't think that I would get strong. Like I didn't think that was possible. I didn't think that, you know, like that that was a, a a thing that would happen yeah I just thought I'd continue to be rubbish at it I don't think I ever really understood that like with like exactly like with um academia you you get better the more you do it you just show up don't you? like it's not like you know you might never I'm never gonna be you know a professional at it I'm never gonna be an elite I'm never gonna be picked first for any teams but you don't realize I think when you're a kid that you have the potential to improve Mm. Um, or at least I didn't realise that. I didn't think it was a, a possibility. So what age was that when you first started then? So you had the so you had these thoughts from about a sixteen year old. And what age yeah. did you join that gym? What a uni? Yeah. Or when it's probably when I was like twenty three or something. Okay. So like you know midway. Well, towards the end of uni that was it went like three times. Um, but I never would have like I wouldn't have considered going to the weights area like yeah, remotely. Not. The first time I did that, I was over 30. It's a shame how much you're not alone on that. And that still goes on to this day. You know, And that's why I feel quite strongly about talking about it, because it is a it is a bit of a pity. And, you know, people talk about having no regrets because there's no point. But I do have regrets. I do regret not starting a lot earlier. There's nothing I can do about it. And I accept mm. it. But I do think it was a really like short sighted view of the world this is a barrier you set up unfortunately which is the thing we all do with certain things yeah. isn't it it's our, it's exactly. our own limits and beliefs so you obviously started watching eastenders at uni <laughs> we get past that point what when did you feel like you needed to up it a gear the whole sort of fitness thing like when I suppose when did you think about a personal trainer or maybe before that what was the thoughts of something has to change because obviously you you did make quite a big change really because not a lot of people would unfortunately yet again would never seek out a personal trainer because they have their own preconceived ideas that we're just going to make yeah. you try and puke well I, I didn't to be fair so <laughs> I, I was training for three years before I oh. got personal training um so I started I joined a gym probably I think it was maybe late 2011 early 2012 um joined a gym uh because I decided well I'd I had decided that I needed to to do more exercise and be more healthy and lose weight and stuff because I basically had got incredibly overweight once I'd started working as a GP I was really inactive like I'd gone from you know it had been kept at bay before because I was a junior doctor running up and down flights of stairs all the time you know um 
And I also didn't really have time to eat that much because I was working all the time. But once I was a GP, there's like biscuits everywhere. Mm. And, you know, I would sit with, you'd have a pile of prescriptions to sign at the end of the day. And I just sit with the biscuit tin and be like, you know, just mindlessly eating biscuits. What biscuits, by the way? Whatever was in the tin. Like, this is the problem is that they, they, they could be the worst biscuits. I didn't care. I would just be eating them. Um, And so, so I joined the gym and I had like, you know, people wrote programs for me and all of that kind of stuff. And eventually like summoned up the courage to start using the weights. But again, mostly stuck with machines and things like used the occasional dumbbell and that was it. Mm. Um, And then it was, yeah, a good sort of three years later when I was like, I think I want to try doing this properly. And I think to do that, I need a personal trainer and um, a friend of mine who was a nurse at the hospital um, had really, really been strongly recommending a personal trainer for me to use. Um, and so I, I, I went, I, oh yeah, I'd been doing like a, like an outdoor boot camp thing as well. So I had sort of, you know, been doing bits of like hit training and stuff like that. What was that then. like? Cause that's quite, um, when you say boot camp, there's a lot that comes with that title, isn't there? And usually, oh no, it wasn't one of those. It was like basically that. a boot camp for people who hated exercise. Okay. So it was like you know fun play type exercises, like to get people moving. Um, did I mean, you enjoy it was, that? Yeah, I did. It it was tough for me. Like I remember the first session I did, I I like nearly passed out. Yeah. Um, because I was so unfit. Mm. Um, and I think that the difficulty with that was that it was very much aimed at people who were very unfit, who really wanted to start training. Um, and so it, I kind of plateaued with it very quickly and didn't feel like it was, you know, like I was moving forward with anything. So there's anyway, so much variety doing... and stuff, isn't there? With that yeah, sort exactly. Of yeah. I started doing strength training with a, with a coach, um, like, you know, based around squats, deadlifts and all of that sort of stuff. Um, and that was going really well, was really enjoying it, was becoming a big part of my life, um, was continuing to like improve things from a, you know, food perspective and all that kind of stuff. And then Grenade opened, which is obviously where I met you. Um, and that sort of stepped things up a gear, I suppose, in terms of, you know, really developing that community of people Mm. to train with and it, it becoming almost more of a social activity than a, than like a recreation activity um and that was it really but so before you I'm just gonna go back a little bit before you say took this appointment say let's say when you was really overweight as a gp did you ever feel like when you was giving out advice to people about certain things did that ever affect you did you ever feel Basically, I work. I've worked with someone in a similar position of yourself, and she she hands she works with people with uh, diabetes, and she said like one day she realised, oh my god, how am I? How can I hand out this advice and stuff when actually I'm really overweight and unhealthy? Did that did that ever cross your mind? Stuff like that. It, it did cross my mind, and I, I suppose that was part of it, sort of feeling a responsibility to to walk the walk, I guess, or to maybe set a good example for patience but I like I'm not a fan of that way of thinking like, yeah. I think it really frustrates me when they say oh your personal trainer should be in good shape or your mm. doctor should be slim or not smoke or not drink or whatever these people 
these people. Everyone is human beings. Mm. We all have the same struggles. We have the same issues. I'm a doctor because I've got the skills to advise people on what they should be doing. I don't have to do those things to be able to advise them. You don't have to be rich to be an accountant. You know, you don't have to have like beautiful hair to be a hairdresser. Mm. Um, like we either want people to be experts or yeah. we want to get experience from people. And I don't know, I, I, I think it's a dangerous game to play. However, yeah. um, I think also on the other side of that argument, I found it a lot easier to advise people on that sort of stuff when I was really fat because I felt like I was relatable and yeah. I could say, I know it's really hard. This is something I struggle with as well, but this is what will help you feel better for this or that or the other. Um, a level and, of empathy, isn't it, essentially? Yeah, and I think, you know, like when I had lost weight, I think sometimes when you tell people when you give people sort of health advice and I, I sort of used to see this before like when you see like all of these massively like clearly really active really gym bunny type health professionals go just lose weight guys you know like you just think oh, what do you like what it's the hell do you know yeah. this is how you've been like this all your life you have mm. you don't know what it's like to need to make lifestyle change because the reason that you are the way you are is because you always have been and that assumption that I'm saying now is the assumption that people would say when they would look at me because they, you know, people don't, you don't actually hear that many stories of people who make successful, long-standing lifestyle change, like big changes, mm -hmm. because people often end up, you know, reverting to former behaviours and stuff like that as well. So I think we make a big assumption when we see people that that's how they've always been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's there's there's a couple of sides to that argument. Basically, is what I would say. So you're at Grenade, which is when when I look back at that now, that is actually such a very unique gym. When you when you take time to sit back and actually what was going yeah. on there, what what how did that? Because you obviously said you sort of like leveled up there in from what perspective? Obviously the community side, which is obviously something that I imagine you really enjoyed, like think of how much coffee and cake we used to have and stuff like that. But what else did that bring to your life? What, grenade? Yeah. Um, I guess it, it taught me that like training itself can actually be fun. Like you can actually enjoy the sessions themselves. Um, you know, like, even down to making a playlist for a training session mm. and stuff like that. Like there was, there's so many ways of making training enjoyable. Um, and one of those things is to make it sociable. So it became not only about going out for breakfast or coffee after the training session, it became about the actual training session itself. Um, and, you know, like when we first started, it would be, yeah, okay, we'll reward ourselves for doing this tough training session by going out for breakfast or going out for coffee afterwards. Whereas, you know, as time went on, the training session itself would often almost, well, not quite, but almost be its own reward, you know, yeah. um, because it would be a chance to catch up with people. It would be a yeah. chance to see people. It would be a chance to listen to good music um, and to get that workout in, in the process, which, you know, would ultimately make you feel better, even if it didn't make you feel great at the time. Yeah. And what... And how how are you now? Because obviously I know you obviously work with Armon. Um, he's gonna hate that. <laughs> um, and 
I imagine he's still letting you take the reins of the playlist. He's still got that going. You haven't got the fancy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the skin of my teeth. By the skin um, of my teeth. For yeah, like, yeah. I think that because it's group training sessions as well, like we do, I do a mixture of PT and group training with him. Um, and I think it is a mixture, like you say, it's the fact that I, I get on really well with the other people that I'm training with. Yeah. So I like, you know, there've been times when someone has said, oh, they're not coming to training today. And I'll be sad that they're not yeah. going to be there because it's fun. You know, we have fun together. We have a bit of banter about, you know, him making us do stuff that we don't really want to do. Um, but, you know, like, oh, I hate I hate saying nice stuff about him that he's going to hear. So I find this quite difficult. Um, but essentially, that, they're right? enjoyable training sessions. <laughs> Good. Um, he lets me do the playlist and I throw massive tantrums if he changes the music which I'm trying to work on and become a better person. Um, but that's quite challenging for me because it's really like, it's a more of a reflection of how, how happy that stuff makes me. And it's almost embarrassing mm. how happy it makes me, but like I get so excited when I've made a new playlist yeah. for the gym and I get like, I'm, I'm so excited about the playlist that the training session can, can be as hard as it wants because I'm yeah. really excited about what the next song is going to be and stuff like that. And you used to do like horrible journeys and stuff, and but you'd be up late at night making this playlist, getting up at like bloody six in the morning, wouldn't you? Yeah, <laughs> that exactly. That was your thing, yeah. Yeah. So now you've like, say you're in, a, um, from what I see, obviously you're in a much better place with fitness as part of, let's say it's part of your identity really, isn't it? In this day and age. What, what's, so true, yeah. what's, like different from your younger self to you are now or are you still are you still fighting the daily urge to say not be lazy yeah i think that there will always be a part of me that is that will will choose laziness okay and this is why and this is why i have a structure in place that i have three pre-booked training sessions a week because if it was a case of, in fact, even between Grenade and, and doing this, and I just joined a gym, mm. I would just be like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym today. And then I would not go to the gym yeah. today. I could wake up and just go, do you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll go after work today instead. Yeah. And then work finishes and I'm like, no way. I'm really hungry. I just want to go home and eat. I'm really tired, you know, all the excuses in the world. Whereas when you've pre-booked and paid for personal training or group training sessions, there is this impression in your head that this is a non-negotiable. This is something that is happening. Um, and also that all you need to do is turn up. You don't have to yeah. think, you don't have to write a training program. You don't have to go, or oh, what weight shall I do? Like even simple stuff like that, like what weight shall I do on this exercise? Well, I don't have to think about that because mm. I will be made to do a certain weight. Um, and that is it. Like, I think that that's a really important caveat to, to make is that I'm really lucky because I'm in a position where I can do that. And I, I do mm. completely understand that that's not something that everybody can do in terms of their commitments and in terms of like, you know, disposable income and stuff like that. So I'm really lucky that I can put those measures into place. 
there are other ways of putting those measures into place like they don't it doesn't have to be personal training or even group training there's much cheaper ways of doing that if if they need to be done but it's about it's about habits and routines and making like embedding those habits and routines and putting them into place so that you know that they're happening um rather than being in a position where you can make an excuse and change a plan and just keep putting it off until it mm. never happens so with that would you say how close are you to maybe thinking about doing a session on your own well there's i could do but there's not really any need for me to so for okay. example because i've got these booked sessions and that's I enough don't to actually i don't have a gym membership yeah. because there's not that much point because i wouldn't really be using it outside of those sessions but what i have been trying to do what what we have introduced recently is a fourth session okay each week so each week i will do another exercise whether that's like training in the gym you know while aaron's there for one of his own training sessions cool. or going on like doing a 5k run or something like that um so that i'm getting in a fourth session every week as well How's that that's self-directed it's gone okay i've only done it like for three weeks okay and then i didn't do it last week because i was meant to go for a run on sunday and um i had too much fun on saturday so <laughs> <laughs> should have done it saturday morning <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. but then like if you couple stuff like that with you know going for a c dip every week which again is not it's not intense exercise but it's mm. getting out and about it's doing a bit of activity and stuff like that as well i kind of feel like it's a it's a pretty i'm leading a fairly less sedentary lifestyle than i was yeah yeah i still struggle with daily activity to be honest because i sit chained to a desk all day but i think that's just something that comes unfortunately with your job role and someone like in your job you have to actually go above and beyond just because you're going to be sat there seeing loads of people all day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. What, um, what do you get out of the sea dip then? What's your, how often do you Breakfast. do that? Breakfast. Breakfast day. Once a week. Yeah. yeah. Once a week. Okay. Oh, cool. And the, the sea dip to me is, is purely, it's two things. It's, it's, it's a bit of like, it's something really nice to do because it's sort of my, it's not my day off I, it's it's a day when i do i work from home slash yeah. do education on a thursday yeah. so it's a good way of like i have a later start so it's a good way of getting me out of bed getting a walk in um getting some breakfast seeing a friend like it's it's quite a nice it's a nice thing start that, isn't it yeah think, yeah and i think actually like it's like it's kind of one of those things that when I do that, that's like, you know, when you see all these people with their laptop lifestyle, online coaching, et cetera, um, it's that morning routine thing. Like, you know, Jamie does that every day, for example. And it's a it's a brilliant start to that. Like, it's a really yeah. lovely way to start a day. Mm. And so it's kind of my little my little taste of that a week, mm. my taste of that, that you know, fit pro life. Um, <laughs> it's but, a bit of it's a bit. Um of you being selfish in a good way as well isn't it yeah and it, it's interesting because something that, that jamie has always said about it that i think rings very true is that it's quite meditative um like especially when the sea is cold it just sort of removes all the thoughts from your mind so it's mm. a bit like it's a bit like forced meditation without you really having to try because mm. you're just sort of just especially when like i found at times when i'm just really stressed out it's just a bit of a reset yeah 
it doesn't solve any of your problems it doesn't i don't think have you know huge benefits you've still got to do all the other stuff but it's just sometimes when you just want a bit of quiet for five minutes it's quite a good way of achieving it yeah no yeah it's funny isn't it we all need that now and we're still yeah like i try and meditate sometimes and it's like my brain is going mental and i'm just like i can't I'm on car. I must send that email. I must bring that person. What, yeah. uh, I must remember to put petrol in the car. Oh, what shoes have I got for today? You know, like, literally anything will come into my head. I find it so difficult. But it's it's again, it's not it's not a it's not a proper substitute for it. So I think it's one of those things that you've got to be careful that you don't use it as an easy like as an easy path instead of actually doing it properly. Ah. So what? advice would you give to people that are thinking about like say someone listens to this podcast right and they're you know how you were when it came to starting out the gym what advice would you give to that person to start i know the obvious yeah that's the next door neighbor's kid i'm gonna fucking close that window now um I guess it would just be to just do it like yeah just get on with it stop making excuses to put it off because it's uncomfortable and um, but also find ways of facilitating it like again you know if you don't know what to do if you don't know what you're doing mm. then outsource it like you would you know if you if you don't know how to fix a pipe you get a plumber to do it mm. um get a personal trainer get a coach even if it's for a couple of sessions to introduce you to how to do things, or even if it's just to help you get comfortable in that environment. Um, well, the I, thing is, I as well, now, that. you think how much um, information is out there that's for free? Yeah. You can go on YouTube. Yeah, but unfortunately, but I know that's not there's that. a little bit too much information out there for free, and not all of it is that good. Mm, yeah, good point, actually. So, you re- so for people... Yeah that are listening just start and you know you don't have to go to the gym you know it could just be you know any activity anything is better than nothing it can literally just be get, getting up early and going out for a walk you know without yeah. your phone or whatever however you want to do it just making sure or with your phone or with your phone yeah like but making sure you're getting a bit of you time <laughs> or with your phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's your walk <laughs> exactly all right then mike Thank you for coming on and giving us uh, in- insight into uh, your early years. If people wanted to find you, where is the best place for that? Obviously, and talk, um, and and bring up your blog as well, because I know you obviously do a blog. Uh, what like Doctor Mike the Second on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever. Who's the first, Mike Israel? Um, no, the first is a cardiothoracic surgeon who um, was friends with. Narina Pallo, who's a singer-songwriter that I am okay. a huge fan of. And when I was doing my finals, she was like, oh, it's destiny that you're going to pass your exams because my friend, Dr. Mike, is leaving the country to move to America. Um, so you're going to then become a doctor and then you'll be Dr. Mike the second. So she started calling me Dr. Mike the second um, and I needed a name for socials. So I picked that. Um, and yeah, I do a weekly email called the Doctor's Note, um, which is yeah on drmarkthesecond.com. <laughs> ah, great. 
How many times you told that uh, story about your name? Quite a lot of times. <laughs> Four, so. I thought you might have known it by now, actually, but that's okay. <laughs> I do know, mate. Of course I asked that, just to prod. Who's the first? Mike is a tell. What was that? <laughs> Good acting, James. Well done. <laughs> All right, anyway, thank you, dude. Cheers for your time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. No worries.